Ever wonder about questions that don't seem to have solid answers? Like if God is so good, then why is there so much suffering in the world? Or why should we trust the Bible and who wrote it anyway? Maybe you found the answers, but they didn't fully satisfy you. Well, welcome to Straight from the Bible, where you can find real answers from God's Word. Give us a call if something's on your heart. You can call us right now at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can also text or WhatsApp your questions to 671-686-9999. And now, straight from the Bible, with Pastor Masi Ideong. Half a day and good evening to everyone. Welcome back to Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Masi Ideong, and I'm here with my co-host today, Scotty. How are you, Scotty? I am doing all right today, Pastor. Thank you. Wonderful. It is a we have beautiful rainy weather here in Guam, and we thank the Lord for for rain. And so, as we get into our study this afternoon or this evening, rather, let us always uh, go to the Lord in prayer and have Him be our teacher tonight. We, let's bow our heads for prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, oh Lord, we thank you so much for gladdening the earth with the rain, oh Lord. And Father, we thank you that as the day is ending, you have been with us throughout the day. And we ask you, Father, still more that you be with us for the remaining hours. Now, Lord, as we open your sacred holy book, we know, Father, that no one can learn and none can understand unless your Spirit teach us and unless your Spirit make it clear to us. Be with us this afternoon as we study it. And, oh, Father, may the answers we find bring peace and happiness and conviction to our hearts today. We thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome back once again to Straight from the Bible. It's great to be here with you once again. We do have a few more questions to go, and we would love to hear from you. So if you have a Bible question you would like to call in, call us at 671, if you're on Guam, 671-472-1111. That's 671 472 one 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 one, and if you are in the beautiful island of the CNMI, uh, call us at six seven zero three two three one 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 three. That's six seven zero three two three one 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 three. And Scotty, if they wanted to text us or go to Facebook, how would they reach us? Yes, text, WhatsApp, or signal us six seven one six eight six nine 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 is free from the CNMI. We are streaming live on Facebook right now. Just leave the comment in the comment section. And we'll see it right away and we'll get it answered. Email us at Bible at joyfmradio.net. Wonderful. All right, Scotty, any questions for today? Yes. I, go right ahead. A question came in. This is from our uh, comment section. And it reads, is it possible to do works in Jesus's name and still be lost? Matthew chapter 7. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 7, and let's go to the text that the questioner may be referring to, Matthew chapter 7. That's a wonderful question. Let's see, Matthew chapter 7. Well, the question was, um, is it possible to do works in the name of Jesus and still be lost? Uh, The answer is yes. Uh, The answer is very clearly yes. How do we know this? Because throughout the scriptures, there were people that were once faithful and doing mighty things in the name of God. And then, of course, they 
uh, fell off, and we know them as lost. Three people come to my mind as a very quick example. One would be the the Bible example of Balaam. Balaam, once upon a time, had been a worker for God, somebody who God had used at one point in time, but because of his greed, uh, well, because of his greed, uh, he then uh, really was lost. He no longer became a worker for God, but in fact, he became an enemy of God. Uh, he was actually through Balaam, really, that he Balaam had helped God's enemies lead them to sin. And uh, it's unfortunate that it is possible uh, that people would turn their backs on God. But yes, it is possible. Uh, the second example we have is the example of Saul, so, uh, not Saul of Tarsus in the New Testament, but King Saul in the Old. Uh, the Bible says that uh, he was chosen of God and he had been filled with his spirit and uh, unfortunately, because of his, uh, his jealousy and his selfishness and his finally uh, going, uh, going to a witch in Endor, you know, of course, uh, the Bible says God's spirit left him. And then, of course, we have the more popular example. Uh, that's Judas. Judas, of course, was doing, mighty, was doing many wonderful works uh, in the name of Jesus. And yet, however, uh, we know that, uh, unfortunately... Uh, he also was lost. He took his own life as well. You know, when you think of Matthew 7, I'm not sure which particular text that they may be referring to, but I'm going to go to, oh yeah, I'm sorry, it's right here. It says in chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Jesus himself says, yes, it is very much possible. Now, when you look at this uh, example very closely, I want you to see what, uh, what Jesus says. He said that these people are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we, didn't we, didn't we? So who's the focus? Is it on them or on Jesus? On them. It's on themselves. Mm -hmm. And so this is almost what you would call a works, salvation by works um, uh, mentality. They were thinking that, well, we've done so much for you in your name. Shouldn't we then be allowed to enter in? And the answer is, is no. Because although you did, you did it in his name, you, the Bible, he actually says there, uh, they didn't do it in his will. Now, is there a difference between doing something in God's name and doing something in God's will? Absolutely. You can do anything in God and call it in God's name. Just as the Israelites had made a golden calf and they said it was a feast unto the Lord. But was it the will of God that they would worship a calf and, and worship it and call it a feast unto the Lord? And the answer is no. And so it is much more than to simply take on the name of God as a Christian. But in everything we do, we do it in his will, by his will. So the question then becomes, what? how do we know what God's will is? Very simple. You have the Bible. And that's why our program is called Straight from the Bible. You, you don't want to get answers from me. We want our faith to be anchored on the Holy Word of God, for this is where we find life everlasting.
So thank you so much for your question. Uh, the answer is yes, it is possible to do great things uh, in the name of Jesus, but to be lost. And remember this, people are not lost because of what they didn't know, but people are lost uh, because of what they knew to be right, and yet they didn't do them. They knew the will of God, but they just would not do it. So they were hoping that doing other things for God would somehow counteract or, or balance it out so that their neglect of doing God's will uh, would be overlooked. But unfortunately, Jesus says, uh, no, uh, do my will. And uh, it is in the doing of God's will that really we are, uh, uh, we are safe. In fact, Jesus himself says, I came not to do my will, but to the will of him that sent me. And we should likewise do the same in following the will of Jesus. Thank you so much, questioner. Yes, thank you for your question, and I hope that's helpful. Our next question is, what is being slothful? Is it a sin to be slothful? Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18. Great question. Yes. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Verse 18, of course, Ecclesiastes, written by King Solomon, uh, towards the later part of his life, chapter 10, verse 18, and it reads this, By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. Well, that's a very good text. So what was the question again, Scotty? What is slothfulness? Is that, yes. is that the question? What is being slothful? Okay, being slothful. Well, of course, the, the word slothful comes from the word sloth. And if you've ever... <laughs> and so we're talking about the animal sloth. Oh, okay. And so uh, we're using the... The English word is nice because it uses animals as, uh, as adjectives as well. And this is slothful. Now, when you think of the creature, the sloth, it's a very slow animal. Uh, it, it moves very, very slowly, spends much of, its much of its time up in the trees, and most of the time when you look at it, it looks like it's just kind of sleeping, uh, hang hanging up there. And so uh, this expression, by much slothfulness, the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. So this is a, a text referring to... Um, uh, referring to maintenance or referring to to working hard to to upkeep something that should be kept up. When you look at it over here, it talks about the building decayeth. Now, of course, when you can get a brand new house, but if you don't constantly maintain it, right, uh, it it'll begin to fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the sloth would not you probably take care of a house if you owned one because you would move too slowly. It would take them a lot of time. <laughs> and uh, really don't procrastinate. That's really kind of kind of the heart of the message. And so it's talking about uh, being diligent, uh, not being slothful, meaning not procrastinating, uh, not avoiding what needs to be done, but doing what needs to be done uh, when it's necessary. And then, of course, it goes on to say, and through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. And so it really is the, the principle of, uh, of the text is that we ought to be helpful, that we ought to do uh, honest and good and hard work, and we ought not to spend so much time being idle. And the reason why is, of course, I think you've heard the expression, um, 
you know, idleness is the, is the devil's workshop. Mm. And yes, a lot of a lot of bad things happen when there's a lot of idleness. And uh, very much the same with slothfulness. When things don't get done or where we don't uh, make a priority of things that need to be done, uh, things can begin to fall apart. And this is nice because, you know, Solomon, he writes so much of the, these kinds of practical wisdom all throughout Proverbs as well. He talks about, I believe, in Proverbs 6, and it says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Uh, consider her ways and be wise. And so he's saying, if you want to be wise, go to the ant. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, why? And he goes on to say, well, they having no master are able to gather food you right. know, during the harvest and you know, prepare for the winter. They're able to actually work together without anybody forcing them, without uh, anybody you know, really ruling over them. Uh, they just do what needs to be done. And likewise, for the Christian, you know, to be faithful uh, in doing whatever task is, is at our hand. And uh, sometimes some tasks don't seem enjoyable to do. And uh, there's an author I've read about, he likes to say that we should eat the frog. Not that we should actually literally <laughs> eat a frog, but, you know, you do that which is the most, like the first day, first thing on of the, to begin the day is you do the very first thing that would be the most difficult. And that way, the rest of the day, nothing else will be worse than oh, that. Yes. And so we ought to do that which is uh, what we ought to do and not neglect and not be slothful and not be idle about it. That's a great question. Thank you for pointing that out. Yes, it, it is. It's the first time I heard the question. and You know, it's great. You know, it's, uh, it's very practical. Yes. And when you think of the life of Jesus, he was one of the most now, I know I'm going to say it. He was the most busiest person busiest ever. Person. And yet he was balanced. And uh, he, he was balanced between being really busy and helping others and yet still being able to make time uh, for one-on-one contact and one-on-one time in prayer with his Heavenly Father. Uh, yes, uh, the Christian is called to work and, and uh, to do his very best. But at the same time, Jesus also says, Come yourselves apart and rest a while. There's a time to also rest and have recreation and uh, spend time with family and just uh, enjoy uh, the quality time with people. Uh, A friend of mine says that's why we're called human beings and not human doings. (laughs) (laughs) Because although it's important to do a lot, it's also important to simply be and to enjoy the moment and enjoy the time we have with people. Yes. Thank you, Pastor. Mm Mm-hmm. Our next question comes from our WhatsApp line. And this is from Amani. Amani, hello Amani. Yes, and it reads, is it a sin to read the Bible from your phone or say your phone is your Bible? Well, that's a great question. Is it a sin to read the Bible from your phone or is the phone, uh, what's that last part again? Or or say your phone is your Bible. Or say your phone is your Bible. Okay, okay, great. Well, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked it, Amani. I really, (laughs) really am. I really am glad that you asked that question. Um, Is it a a sin to read your Bible from your phone? And the answer is, of course not. It really is not a sin at all. And and here's the reason why. Uh, There is no Bible text or Bible instruction that says we have to read the Bible from uh, paper. In fact, many years ago, aside from being on scroll, the Bible was also written on leather. 
and and other things. And so, uh, whatever form, really, it's not so much whatever the Bible is on or whatever form the Bible is is written on. It's as long as it's read. That is the most important thing. Now, uh, is it a sin if your if your phone is your Bible? Well. I'm going to say it like this. The, the phone is not a Bible, but you probably have a Bible app on your phone. And being able to use that app on your phone is uh, not wrong at all. It really is not. Now, having said that, if you ask me, is there preference? And I'm going to say, yes, there is. Personally, for me, nothing beats the good old... <laughs> The good old book itself in my hands. Oh, yeah. Nothing beats a paper or whatever, you know, as long as it's mm-hmm. physical. And the, the reason why is, you know, I remember the thing the first time uh, when Bibles became popular on phones and tablets and things like that. Uh, I, even though I had a tablet and I, I would never really read the Bible from there mm-hmm. because there was always this feeling in the back of my mind that the battery is going to run out. And I didn't like the idea of me reading the Bible and the and the battery runs out because you know the Bible never runs out of batteries. That's right. The Bible is full of energy and power all all the day long. And so, uh, personally, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Please, you know, don't get me wrong. There is no sin in reading the Bible on on an on an app or on your phone. Um, however, I would recommend personally, you know, to own a Bible. Uh, own an actual Bible. Here's a few reasons why. Well, two reasons why. One, uh, there's just something special about reading something on paper, and you can flip through it, and you can, you know, make your highlights and write and write it and things like that. However, there's a secondary thing that's really more important, and that is that when you read from your Bible or when you carry your Bible, uh, people know what you're carrying. Right. And when you're reading your Bible, they know what you're reading. And so people just looking at you and doing something with with a Bible, mm-hmm. that in itself God is able to use as a witness to that other person. And so, you know, if you're on your phone, nobody could tell what you're doing. You could be you could be, you know, going online watching a video, you can be messaging a friend. But when you are when you have a Bible open in front of you reading, and nobody questions what you're doing. And automatically people think, oh, this person is a Christian or this person is spiritual. And just that little moment of of witnessing, uh, that is pretty special. You know, Scotty, I'll tell you a true story. Uh-huh. I actually walked into the hospital doors of GMH and I was visiting a friend of mine and I was carrying my Bible and I was carrying a guitar, and I was signing in, and I was going to go visit my friend, and then the lady was standing there, and she looks at me with my Bible in hand, and she goes, excuse me, sir, are you a preacher? Wow. And I said, well, yes, I am. And he said, oh, you know, I I would really need prayers. Can you please pray for me? And I said, yes, of course, and she let me know that her husband was in one of the floors, and he had, you know, they call it code blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to revive him twice, and she was so worried that uh, he would not uh, make it the third time. So she asked if I could please go to his room and just pray for him and lift lift, lift him up to God in prayer uh, in the event that if this should be his last, then at least uh, uh, he will have 
put everything in God's hands. And so I did. I, I, I prayed for her, and then I went up and I prayed with her husband. But she would not have known that I was a preacher or a Christian if I had not been carrying my Bible. My Bible. And that's so uh, that's one, one way I always recommend people to, uh, uh, to carry their Bibles if they can. This is not, this is not a, a, a rule that everybody must follow. And uh, no, it's not a sin to, to read your Bible on your phone. I, I do it as well uh, when I need to. And uh, but if you own a Bible, it'd be good be good to have to take it with you if you are able to, yes. if it's if it's possible. Yes, and I got so used to opening up the Bible app on the phone mm-hmm. and then typing in the name of the book, and then everything pops up. Yes. Well, when I finally forgot the phone at the house and I went to open up my <laughs> Bible, like I got lost for a little bit. Yes, I yes. forgot where the pages was. Yes. You know, now I just carry the Bible to exercise, and that's great. You know, that's great. And there's nothing wrong with it. the one thing about these Bible apps and you know Bible software is now you can study the Bible in a whole new way, mm-hmm. uh, like like never before. Instead of carrying around books and or concordances, uh, things like that, you can now just have it on your phone. And uh, what I do is I I'll try to sometimes I'll look at a version. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what it says in the other version, and so I'll just go ahead and open it up on my phone and look at all the different versions. So it's very, very helpful. It is uh, very, very helpful. But uh, uh, nothing will ever be to the good book, That's the right. good book itself. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, it is a tool that God has blessed us with to be able to use, to grow, and to share. And uh, but I'm just so thankful that the, the Bible never runs out of batteries. That's right. Amen. Thank to you, that. Amani. Love your question. Yes, thank you, Amani. All right, we're, we're going to hit up a question from last week, mm-hmm. and it reads, "What sh- what should I do if someone blames you for something I didn't do?" What should you do if somebody blames you for something you didn't do? Well, uh, it really depends on the severity or how bad uh, this problem is. Really, there's a lot of things that you can do, uh, but I'm going to answer it if you've already done your very best and told the truth. So first of all, tell the truth. Tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Uh, If that's the very first and foremost thing to do. Uh, The second thing, if people don't believe you or whatever situation it is, and you've done your best to, to clear your name and to tell the truth, and if there are people that can validate that what you say is true and still people don't believe you, then the next best thing is, and the next best thing, of course, is to simply do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Jesus left everything in God's hands. Jesus let God be the one to vindicate or to make it right or to prove him to be right in the very end. Uh, let's go to the book of Mark. In the book of Mark, uh, chapter uh, 14, in the book of Mark, chapter 14, we have Jesus being led away by night uh, before the Sanhedrin, and now he's going to go through this trial. But this is a fake trial. Uh, This is not a real trial. They have fake witnesses, and they're accusing him of things that he never, ever said. And one of these things that they accused him of saying uh, was this. It says in verse 58, actually, let's go to verse, uh, let me see, 55. It says this, 
And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. 56. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. Now, did Jesus actually say that? And the answer is no. no. Jesus never said, destroy this temple made with hands. Jesus says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. He was referring to himself, the temple of his body. And yet, here they're completely twisting what Jesus said. So, did Jesus experience being um, blamed for something that he didn't say, or even blamed for many times for something he didn't do? Yes. Absolutely. And yet... He didn't let that rattle him. He maintained his composure. He still had his noble bearing, and he was very much uh, he was very much uh, able to endure it because he knew the truth. And that's the thing. What is most important is the truth. What's most important is your personal integrity. You see, your reputation is what other people is who pe- uh, no your reputation is who other people, sorry, forgive me, your reputation is who people think you are. Your character is who you are. And Amen. it is your character that is the most yeah. important. So as long as you have spoken the truth and you know the truth to be the truth and nothing but the truth, and you can stand uh, without a guilty conscience before God and your maker, then no matter what anybody says, we simply can follow the example of our master and let him, of course, uh, take care of that and make it right. It's not a, not an easy thing to be in. It's not. But the wonderful thing is that God is able to vindicate you and make things right, no matter what happens. And you see that all throughout the Bible, and that's a promise. And when God makes a promise, uh, he keeps it to the very end. Always does. Yeah, that's a hard thing to go through. It is. Very difficult, you know, when people say things like that, and um, it's not an easy thing to go through. It's not. Yeah, but the wonderful thing is, um, you know, the, <laughs> so what's more important than what people think we are is really who we are. Yes. Our reputation is, we can't control that. Mm-hmm. Our character, we can. Yes, we, we can. can. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. And mm-hmm. I hope that helps the, our um, WhatsApp caller. Yes, yes, I really hope it does. Yes. Please, uh, no matter what circumstance or situation you're finding mm-hmm. yourself in, please uh, do your best to let the truth be known. And um, stand by the truth and do what Jesus did. Simply move forward in doing that which is right. And uh, these things have a tendency to weigh us down. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, leave, your, leave your reputation in God's hands. Because he'll take care of it. Because what's most important is your character. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. And uh, uh, you know the truth and God knows the truth. And... Uh, that's good enough. It is. That truly is good enough. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. We only have a minute left, so we got some phone lines open. Give us a call on Guam with your Bible question, 671-472-1111. In the CNMI, 670-323-1113. You can text WhatsApp, signal us, 671-686-9999.
We're streaming live on Facebook. So why not leave your question in the comment section below and we'll see it right, right away and Pastor Masit will get it answered straight from the Bible. Absolutely. And go ahead and send your question in. Uh, if we if we send us a question we don't know, we'll give us about a week. We'll tell you we don't know and give us a week to research on it and to pray about it. And we'll come back again uh, the following Monday next week and we'll see what the Lord has has revealed to us. Yes. And that's our break. Ephesus of the Bible is located in what today we would call Turkey. If you were to go there, you'd see the magnificent theater where a mob chanted for the goddess Diana or Artemis. Paul's ministry there turned hearts and minds to Jesus, and it was obvious hearts were changed by the grace of God. Acts 19.19 says, Also, many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of them all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. If this was a modern-day story, you'd see them burning DVDs and wiping files from their phones and computers. When God gets hold of you, it's time to let some things go. So, if there are things that you ought to be letting go, don't hang on to them for a moment longer. Let Jesus remove them from your heart. I'm John Bradshaw. For it is written. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. Call right now with your Bible question. In Guam, it's 472-1111. In the Sinai, it's 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net. Or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for the second half of Straight from the Bible. And welcome back to Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Masik Ed Ong, and I'm here with my my co-host, Scotty. Hey, Scotty. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hey, good evening to you, too, Pastor. It's good to be back from our break. Yes, great to be back from our break. We've had some great questions that have come in. We've answered uh, uh, a few of them, and we're looking forward to hearing more. Mm -hmm. So please, if you'd like to call us with your question, call us at 671-472-1111. 671-472-1111. And Scotty, what about the CNMI? Yes. From the CNMI, 670-323-1113. We're streaming live on Facebook. Go ahead and leave your Bible question in the comment section, and we'll get it answered right away. You can also email us at bible at joyfmradio.net. Wonderful. So please give us a call, send us a text, give us an email, and we'll be happy to hear from you and uh, see uh, get an answer yes. straight from the Bible. You know, it's so important to, to know, and I, really, answers must come straight from the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, because really the Bible is where we get our uh, our source of everything, our most important uh, uh, our most important information. Yes. It has to go to the right source. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other questions, Scotty, that have come in? Yes, we have a comment. Sure, a lady 
comment on the program. She says she really enjoys Straight from the Bible. Oh, bless you. And she says, thank you for your work, Pastor, and everything you do to answer the questions. Oh, bless your heart, dear sister. Bless your heart. But only by the grace of God, um, only by the grace of God, we're really happy that you're blessed. We pray that so many other people are blessed, uh, mm-hmm. Scotty. We, yes. We really just want to lift up Jesus, lift up his power and majesty and grace, mm-hmm. and lift up uh, his beautiful word. Because uh, Jesus says in John five thirty nine. Uh, he says, if we search the scriptures, uh, we will find we will find him because he yes, is the center of the scriptures. That's John five thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Now moving mm-hmm. on to our question from WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. It reads, "How can we continue to respect our family views when they want us to go to their church if they don't respect my beliefs?" Okay, that's a great question. Can you read it once more, Scotty? Yes, I will. How can we continue to respect our family views when they want us to go to their church if they don't respect my beliefs? Okay, great. Uh, Maybe inviting them to the church or you should come along with us. Sure, sure. Uh, You know, even if, uh, when it comes to family, Mm uh, we had kind of touched on a question, something similar to this, uh, last week, and that is uh, sometimes our family's views will be different from ours, and it's okay to accept our family for who they are, and to love them, and we don't have to necessarily accept all of our family's views and beliefs if they contradict the Word of God. Uh, it's okay to not necessarily respect those, but we can always show respect and love uh, to our family. Now, that makes it also sometimes very difficult if there's if there is a different faiths uh, living in the same home. What do you do then? Uh, the answer is really you continue to show a lot of respect uh, to to your family, even if your faiths may be a little bit different. Um, well, what was the second half of that question, Scotty? Can you read it once more? Sorry about that. Yes, I can. And the second half of it is they they want us to go to their church, but they don't respect my beliefs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so what I'm, from what I'm hearing is it seems as though there's different faiths or different beliefs within the home, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the family wants them to go to their church, but they don't respect... Uh, their own personal faith and views and beliefs. Oh. Yeah, and once again, you know, that's uh, that's a common thing that happens sometimes. And uh, what's important is we cannot control how our family views our faith, but we can control how we how we react. And we can also control how we share our faith oh, yes. and live out our faith. Uh, last week, we, we told you a text, uh, I believe in the book of Mark or John, that even Jesus' brothers... Uh, didn't believe in him. No. I mean, they didn't even believe in him. <laughs> they doubted him, and they even were kind of siding with the Pharisees. And these were his own brothers, either his half-brothers, or rather, uh, who were the sons of Joseph. And yet, um, although they didn't believe in him, we are told that uh, James, who wrote the book of James, mm-hmm. is is actually the the brother of Jesus, one of these brothers of Jesus, the half-brothers. And so, yes, later on, you know, one of the one of the brothers did come to believe in Jesus. Uh, in the beginning, it wasn't so. And so, when it comes to different faiths, 
uh, at the home. Uh, really, we we do what Jesus has said, and that is a golden rule, to do unto others what we would have others do unto us. And so to treat people with love and respect, even if they may appear unlovable or disrespectful, uh, because Jesus was treated very much the same way and even more. And yet in the very end, some of the people who cried, crucify him, crucify mm-hmm. him, became uh, his most uh, faithful evangelists mm-hmm. in preaching the gospel. Uh, in fact, uh, many of them who were shouting his uh, his crucifixion mm-hmm. uh, became great believers. And so we cannot control how they behave and what they say, but we can control what we say and how we behave. And uh, because our master is Jesus and he endured some of these things that you're experiencing now, we can have a sense of peace and knowing that everything is in his hands and that because he went through it, uh, I can go through it too. Yes. It'll give me the power to go through it. I'm really sorry that it has to happen where you have you know, people kind of maybe putting down your faith. Uh, but remember this, if your faith is founded on the word of God, then that's the most important thing. Uh, and somebody once said this, even the, even the worst situations with God is still so much better than the best situations without God. So if they continue on um, kind of putting you down. I like that scene. Yeah, that's a very, even the best situation, even yeah. the worst situations nice. uh, with God are uh-huh. still so much better than the best situations without God. And as long as um, you are doing God's will, you have a relationship with the Lord, um, by, by the grace of God, you can endure, and not only endure, but you can thrive. And by your silent witness and by your loving Christian witness, they may come to believe in what you believe in. And uh, that's the beautiful promise. That's exactly what Jesus did. Yes. And in Proverbs 15, 1, a soft word turns. Oh, yes. Please oh, read it. A soft word turns away wrath. Exactly. Wonderful. That's, yes. that's actually a great addition. Uh, Proverbs 15, a soft word, you know, turns away turns wrath. Away, turns away wrath. Uh, when yes. people... Um, maybe mean or they tease or they say mean mm-hmm. things um, you don't have to react in the same spirit no. and this is the reason why I'll tell you the main reason why you see the devil Satan his tools is slander teasing putting down making fun and talking bad mm-hmm. those are his tools those are never the tools of the Christian we never pick up Satan's tools and use them in order to fight back with people. We use uh, different tools. Uh, we, um, we use a different thing, and that is we simply claim the promises of God. Mm-hmm. And that's why we can, be, um, we can be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, as Jesus said. And if they react of, uh, meanly or unkindly, uh, like Scotty read in Proverbs 51, simply respond uh, in a soft, with a soft word yes. or a soft answer and a Christian answer. And you will find that that will actually, God will be able, able to use that to bring conviction to those people than if you had used much, much harsher words. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that one. And thank you for answering mm-hmm. the question, Pastor. Proverbs 15.1. That's a great text, Scotty. It is. Proverbs 15. I love I love that text because I try to, you know, I have um, 
kids, multiple ages, teenagers, all the way down to and wonderful kids, by the way, yeah, <laughs> to all to what six or seven, and yeah. I try to, I try to use that, the that verse from Proverbs to, to always be kind to them and kind of loving. Absolutely, yeah. you know. In fact, that is actually one of the best ways to, especially to communicate, not only to children but of course everybody else. Yes. My grandfather, uh, whenever he uh, scolded. Uh, it was very gentle, very soft, and it was actually sometimes those were the hardest because you just really felt the impact in your heart. And oh, uh, yes. growing up you know, with my dad, uh, there were times he would speak very softly, and uh, uh, it was very much you know straight to the heart. And um, I think that was more effective than simply you know yelling or or shouting or uh, losing their temper. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, a soft answer turns away wrath. Very, very good. Yes. We have a question came in from our Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it reads, just let me find it real mm-hmm. quick. Okay. What does it, okay, just went up a little bit. Now, I'm ready. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. No problem. <laughs> what does it mean for a camel to go through the eye of a needle? Okay, that's a great question. And the Bible and the Bible verses Matthew nineteen twenty four. Wonderful. Let's go there together. Yes. Matthew chapter nineteen verse twenty four. Yeah, that's kind of hard, you know. The camel and the and the needle is so, you know, the little small one with the yes. little eye. <laughs> I can't even get thread in there. What more, a camel? <laughs> Exactly. That's that's a good point. It is very difficult to even put a thread, which is, you know, made for the hole in the needle. And so let's read that together. Uh, Actually, let's read verse 23 and 24 to give us some context. It says in verse 23, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Okay? Now, uh, the question was, what does it mean for the camel to go through the eye of a needle? Well, there are two ideas regarding uh, the camel and the needle, and I'll share, I'll share with you two of them. The first one is that uh, when people, of course, had camels, they would ride on them and, and things like that. And then when you would come to a city, you would park your camel or you would tie your camel. But there are these little holes, and I don't know if the holes were in the walls or, or maybe on a, on a door. I, I don't know. But you would slip the, your, the, the camel's head through that little, little hole in the wall of a city. I, I believe it was a wall of a city or something else, but it was a wall. Uh, but it was a hole in some kind of wall or wood that was meant to put the, the head of your camel through. And uh, oh. that's, they say that that little, that hole was called the needle. So that's when you would put your, ca- your camel through that hole or the eye of the needle. And that's how you would technically park your camel. Then you would tie oh. him. That's the, that's the one idea. And then the second idea is exactly what we talked about earlier. Uh, it is, it, it says there, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So this is an actual camel and an actual needle. So it is easier to put a camel, 
which is a large animal, a camel's head, mm-hmm. through, an, uh, through the eye of a needle, something very tiny, it is easier for that to happen than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And so the other idea is the literal translation. I mean, the, the, the literal meaning, which is, of course, uh, the camel through an actual eye of the needle. I, for me personally, I kind of, I, I am more al- along the lines of it being very literal. Jesus really did mean a uh, camel going through the tiny eye of a needle. Now, why did he say that? Um, wh- why did he say that? Now, this story, uh, what he said is a response from the, the rich young ruler. Remember, the rich young ruler came to him and uh, he said to him, if you read uh, beginning in verse 16, the rich young ruler says, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus goes on to explain. And Jesus then, then the young man in verse 20 says this, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? I've done oh. everything right. Uh, what, what am I missing? He asks. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus tells him in verse 21, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. But then look at how the rich young ruler responds. Verse 22. Scotty, can you read verse 22? Yes, I can. In verse... That's Mark chapter 10, verse 22, right? Uh, Chapter 19, verse 22. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. 19. Using the Bible app, isn't that great? Yes, I am. I'm just clicking. It's very quick, yeah. Right? So here it is. And And it reads, At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Okay. Oh, poor guy. Exactly. Right? He was rich, but you just said he was a poor guy. Yes. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, it said when he heard that, his he was his face fell. Yeah. My version says he went away sorrowful, and then and then it says the reason why he was sorrowful, for he had great possessions or great wealth. So what was his problem? You see, his problem was his heart was on his wealth. The problem was he still you know he had really greed in his heart. Yes. He didn't want to let go of the one thing, the one thing that was holding him back from truly giving it all to God. And when Jesus finally touches on that one thing, mm-hmm. he goes away very sorrowful. He's crying, Scotty. Oh, man. And why is he crying? He's crying because he's torn inside because he wants to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. He, he, he wants to be a disciple. He wants to so much. And that's why he's coming to him and he's saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He wants it. Mm. And when Jesus tells him what he has to do, he then is torn between uh, what he knows to be right and that one thing in his heart that he's just holding back. Mm -hmm. So there's God's will and there's his own will. And he had to choose and the Bible says that he went away so sad mm-hmm. because he knew he was saying no to a great thing, but he just couldn't let, his, let go of his idol. And his idol was his wealth and his riches. And that's why 
that's when Jesus says, uh, that's when Jesus says it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's being a wealthy man, there's no sin in being wealthy. Uh, the Bible never says money is the root of all evil. It actually says the love of the money love of, yes. is the root of all evil. And this man had the love of money. And the love of money crowded the love of God out of his heart. And he went away so sorrowful because he knew what he was rejecting and he knew what he was choosing. Mm. And so that's why uh, Jesus said that. He said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who trusts to his wealth and to his goods on earth to enter into the kingdom of God. Meaning unless they let go, uh, they will not be saved. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for this man to be saved unless they let go. And that's why the disciples asked. They were amazed. Yeah. They said in verse 25, when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed and saying, who then can be saved? Lord, who can be saved then? And then Jesus gives the answer. He says, Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. With God, all things are possible. You see, the sin was not of the wealth. The sin was that his heart was in the wealth. Uh, where your heart is, there your treasure mm -hmm. shall be. And so, Jesus was offering him eternal riches, and he chose the riches of the world over the riches of heaven. And so, there may be situations where there may be one thing, Jesus says, one thing thou likest, mm -hmm. and it's only one thing. Mm -hmm. You're doing everything else right, but there's one thing. You have to get rid of it. Yeah. Yes. One thing. Give it to the Lord mm -hmm. and turn it and give it to the Lord and you will have treasures in heaven. Yes. And um, Jesus has promised it, it may seem impossible. It may seem like, how could I live without this? How could I go on? And yet, uh, Jesus says, uh, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It's a friend of mine. There may be something that you're holding on to. One thing thou lackest. What is it? Is there a relationship that you know, you know, that is not right in God's sight? Is there, is there a practice that you know, something you're doing that you know that breaks the heart of God? Is there something in your home, in your phone, uh, in your life, you may be doing everything right, but there's one thing, one thing that is lacking that needs to be surrendered to God. My friend, give that to God and you will find peace everlasting. And you will find that you will be amazed that you could live without it. Remember, with, with God, all things are possible. One thing thou lackest. And it's a sad thing that there was a, that was the only thing that that rich young ruler lacked. Yes. You know, that Scott. That was holding them back. I was holding him back. Yes. You know what's amazing, Scotty? Uh -huh. 
Jesus simply said one thing thou lackest. Mm. You know, when I think of my own life, there's so many things I, I feel like I lack <laughs> that I'm a- asking God to help me. I'm surrendering to him, but I, there's mm. so many uh, improvements that still need to be done. And uh, I don't think there's more, I don't think there's only one thing in my life right. that I lack. There's always going to be things that I, you know, I, I, by the grace of God, I need help with daily. And yet this man, you can see he was really faithful. He's trying his very best. Mm-hmm. And he said, since I was a boy up, youth, I've been doing these things. And Jesus said, you only have lack one thing. Wow. Only one. Only one. <laughs> can you believe that? Just one, Scott. Wow. And Jesus knows. And Jesus knew. Exactly. Yeah, he knew. He, Jesus loved him, and, Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, and that man, he loved Christ. His heart went after him, and he just said, Lord, please, mm. tell me. And yet, just one. Just one. If Jesus wow. told me, sick, you only have one thing. I'm going to do my best to <laughs> try to get rid of that one. Said, Lord, just one? Is it just <laughs> one? Are you sure? Not 50? Not 100? <laughs> because it feels like it, said my son, just one. Wow. I said, oh, wow, How I would be, wouldn't you be happy? Mm-hmm. And yet, um, it, it, it takes just one to be lost. It only takes one. Only one. Because Jesus is not after 99% of the heart. He wants the whole heart. Mm-hmm. We cannot be 99% of the world's and only 1% God. We have to be completely for God and tr- Trust me, when you give your whole heart to God, when you give him everything, you will be amazed at what he can do. Amen. You know, Scotty, Mm -hmm. I've got to tell you this uh, short testimony. This is many years ago. I believe it was 2007. I was in, uh, I believe it was was Jotnia. And I remember... I had been going through some, uh, I've been, you know, studying the Bible each night, going through this Bible school. And, uh, you know, during this Bible school, uh, God would really speak to my heart. And I remember I had been going through a really tough time up until that point. And it wasn't until I started reading the Bible like that. And I remember that I went under a mango tree there in, in Jotnia every single night. And I remember those, these are short mangoes, the fruits are everywhere, it's mango season. Wow. And I remember I would go under those trees and I would pray to God and I said, oh God. I said, oh Lord, um, you can have my life. I said, oh Lord, I'm not very smart. Mm-hmm. I'm not very intelligent. I'm not very healthy. I'm not very anything. Oh, really, I'm really the, the last pick and I'm really the bottom of the barrel. But I said, Lord, all I have left is the rest of my life. All I have left is the rest of my years. You know, God, uh, you can have the rest of my life. You Amen, can have Pastor. it. I pray that prayer, Scotty. Uh-huh. And I was a little scared, too, uh-huh. because uh, I was at a crossroad in my life where I didn't know what to do with my life. Uh-huh. I'd been through some trials. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to move into the future. And yet I prayed that prayer, Scotty, and I kept mm-hmm. praying that prayer every single night there in Jotnia. And... Um, Scotty, I can tell you that um, that when I surrendered it all to God, uh, 
those evenings. Uh, the Lord has taken me on a wonderful journey. Wow. And I don't regret anything. Hey. Look at where I am today. Hey, yes. I, I give him all the honor and glory. <laughs> and uh, my friend, when you give God your all, when you give God your all, it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. You will experience things you've never experienced before. You're going to think this is impossible. How can I ever get over this? How, how can I live without this? Oh, with men, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. All things. And, yes. uh, and thank you for the testimony. Nice. Yes. And, and so you'll find that um, with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, may it be that, that when God says, you know, like one thing, you give it up to him and uh, maybe that you'll be God's completely. Yes. May that be your prayer and my prayer. May that be his will and your will Amen. as well. Amen. And thank you for the questions. Once again, from Facebook, from WhatsApp, it's it's been nice. It's been beautiful with the Bible questions. Absolutely. We I, just have one more question. or it's It's not a question. It's a lady that's asking for a prayer. Oh, yes. She has a Auntie Mackie in Arizona and she is sick and she's asking please pray for her so she she can get better and Absolutely. we only have a couple minutes left let's do it okay. let's let's pray for what is her her name her her name is Mackie M A C K M A K I E M A K I E let's go ahead and do that let's spend the rest of our our time here on straight from the bible uh, with a prayer for our listeners and uh, for Auntie Mackie okay thank you let's bow our heads together and pray O loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for straight from the Bible. We have been going through your word, O Lord, trying to find answers. And Father, we thank you for the peace that it gives us. Lord, there are things that we know that we must do, and we cannot do them in our own strength, O Lord. So please give us your grace, give us your power. And Father, you've said that with men it is impossible, with you all things are possible. We want to pray, Father, for Auntie Mackie. May you give her healing of body and mind. May you watch over her, Father, comfort her, hold her close, look upon her with love, and speak loving words to her, Father, and give her quick healing, O Lord. O Lord, we lift her up in your hands, and we also lift up every single listener. May you bless them in a very special way. And we look forward to being here together next week, O Lord. But bless all of them tonight as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is Pastor Masik saying goodnight. And this is Scotty saying goodnight. And God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime at Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them at online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.